I think this is a tool that we're going to be able to employ on the genetic side on our nucleus animals and again going back to making faster rates of genetic progress in a world where our margins keep getting tighter and tighter we have to have value back to the producers welcome to inside the helix a podcast presentation from dna genetics throughout this series we focus on all things that matter to the pork industry you'll hear from our award-winning team of geneticists, veterinarians, animal care providers, nutritionists, and other industry-leading experts. We'll explore pig production from genetic improvement all the way to meat quality. Listen along as we take a deep dive inside the DNA Helix. Like many industries, the swine industry is continually working to improve itself through research and innovation. Joining me to talk about a recent research study conducted jointly by the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and DNA Genetics is Dalton Obermeyer. Dalton is a PhD candidate at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Thanks for joining us today, Dalton. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Dalton, let's begin by learning a little bit more about yourself. You're currently in graduate school. Tell me a little bit about your program and, and maybe what you're working on. So, uh, like you said, I'm in uh, graduate school still at the University of Nebraska. I'm just starting my fourth year here. Uh, next year uh, towards my PhD program. So if you're doing the math, if there's any animal scientists listening, uh, that would be my 10th year of college <laughs> uh, that I'm starting this year. Uh, I think it's going to be my last one. Uh, but yeah, working with uh, computer engineering and animal breeding genetics under the uh, advisement of Dr. Benny Moat and really love what I'm doing and get to work from anywhere to novel uh, technologies down to slap floor production. So it's really awesome. I feel like I'm starting to see on social media a lot of the back to school, first day of school picks. So yeah. that, that's right around the corner for yeah, you, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it used to be a lot more exciting about 20 grades ago. But <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, by yeah. this point, uh, the back to school shopping has pretty much stopped and it is what it is at this point. So. Right, right. Well, hopefully you're on the back nine yeah. in regards to your schooling. But So where are you originally from? I'm originally just right down the road here uh, from DNA Genetics from York, Nebraska is where I grew up. Okay. Talk through your route of where you guys yeah. went from York to UNL. Yeah. So uh, heavily, uh, much like a lot of uh, the colleagues, uh, you'll see that uh, really like uh, animal science. They grew up an avid 4-H or FFA type show family. And that's exactly what my family did. First and foremost, would like to say how blessed and how grateful I was for those opportunities that my family gave me at such a young age to work with animal agriculture and really grew a passion for it. Uh, there was never any other option than to work with animals for me, uh, starting at two years old when I started riding horses and going to horse shows. Started showing pigs in 2007 because my friends did it, and uh, my brother liked the cattle deal a little bit more and the, the horse deal, and always loved pigs. Became a hog kid through and through, uh, showed pigs at the county, state, and national level, had some success, and that really led into college, and I knew once I went there, didn't know really what my focus would be in. I think a lot of kids can uh, agree with me and understand that maybe vet science was the only option, but very grateful I found this uh, master's and PhD route in something where I know I'm not only working with the producers in this great industry, but also being able to make the animal better at the end of the day. So, so what were your, your academic programs? What was your area of focus? So I undergrad just animal science at the University of Nebraska. 
Um, graduated from there in 2018. Uh, the next step, I attended North Carolina State University out there on the East Coast and studied animal breeding genetics. Got my master's from there. I worked with Smithfield Premium Genetics uh, in 2020, 2020. Moved back to Lincoln in the fall of 2020 and started working on my PhD program. Absolutely. That's that's fantastic. So you recently were a co-author on a study that looked at activity levels in pigs and its impact on growth potential and feed intake. How did this study originate? So uh, going back to my advisor, uh, Dr. Benny Moat has relationships as we're very fortunate. Uh, can't say enough how thankful we are to have a, a company like Pill and Family Farms and DNA Genetics within our own state and are more than willing to work with us in all different capacities, whether it's semen analysis or any other reproductive physiology labs or, or works uh, there at the university. But Tom Ratchie, Dr. Ratchie here at DNA and Benny got together and they wanted to work with this new track system that my advisor kind of co-ops with Dr. Ty Schmidt as well at the university. And yeah, that project kind of came about like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, I've thought of about five different questions as you were yeah. going through that. So let's start with, with the new track system. You mentioned the new track system. What is this? So I, I could spend uh, probably two to three hours and then bring my engineer uh, group <laughs> on here and they could spend another probably 30 hours I'm not talking sure I have that about much space in my computer, yeah. Dalton. <laughs> uh, so real simple, it, it, it's, it's a camera technology. We, we put cameras up above the pens of the pigs and it allows us to generate and track novel phenotypes such as behavior traits, such as activities, lying, standing, lying sternally versus lying laterally, uh, distance walk a day, time spent at the feeder. Uh, it, it's essentially an AI technology that we can employ above our pig pens and give us some novel data back on it. So yeah, I imagine hopefully that somewhat makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's really it's really more in depth, but it, it, it's a camera that tells us what our pigs are doing. Well, I imagine there's so much data to be gained from a system like this with these cameras, um, systems, and this artificial intelligent technology. Mm -hmm. So what were you really hoping to better understand then through this study? So with that project going back, and again, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that this was really a pilot study uh, to the project that I'm working on for my dissertation now. Uh, here again in collaboration with DNA Genetics. Uh, but that study, we uh, had progeny from boars with different EBVs for their growth and or feed intake values. And we wanted to see if there was any behavior or activity difference amongst those progenies based off of what their sire EBVs were. So with that, uh, again, being a pilot study, we really wanted to see was there differences between our, I would say, our original or our a status quo type traits such as feed intake or growth and be able to see if some of these novel phenotypes if there's correlations and if we're able to genetically select for certain traits that are generated by new track. So how did you set up the study and, and how did you really monitor the data? I, I know you've used the new track system to do that, but yep. what, what, did, what did the study look like and what information were you gathering each day? So luckily by my point in uh, my career and as far as new track has developed it, it actually started off putting xbox systems uh, connect systems above the pens um, and try to do some motion detection with that now we've backed it down to basically security cameras above pens and that video footage uh, gets sent back to an mbr 
uh, net video recording system that then gets pushed back to our campus uh, for our in-house trials via FTP. And then it's automatically uploaded to uh, one of our computers, the processing computers there. And then in short terms, uh, we have to do a little bit of uh, uh, work on the forefront on our side to make sure that the camera recognizes each of the individual pigs uh, within the pen or within that certain environment. And then the technology takes off. And then that system is able to generate, again, novel phenotypes that we can work with in as simple as an Excel sheet. So, so when uh, you're saying novel phenotypes, yep. what, do you, what do you mean by that? So uh, something that we never have been able to objectively study in the past is behavior traits within a pen. And we saw some feed efficiency values in that. And that's kind of where this, uh, this project has taken place, really, is trying to to show the, the producer more value at the end of the day and make faster genetic progress than uh, kind of what we have been doing. So these traits are, uh, again, are going to be your average distance walked per day on an individual level. How much time are they spending at the water? How much time are they spending at the feeder? How close are they to the other pigs in the pen? How fast are they walking across the pen? All these different behavior traits and the different traits that we're already thinking about and kind of pulling at our engineers to hopefully work with us on is truly fascinating. I think it's going to have a ton of value to producers and genetic companies alike. Well, and it sounds remarkably high tech. You know, you mentioned yep. you're working with Xbox systems and those kinds of things. Maybe people don't always equate mm -hmm. pig production with yeah. technology, but this seems like this is really revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it, it, to be honest, uh, back in 2007, when I first got my uh, first pig, and, and teased my dad enough to whine or however you want to word that to my dad enough to get me a pig uh, so I can show a pig with my friends in the pig barn. Never would I thought, fast forward to 2023, that I'd be working majority of the time on a computer monitoring pigs and, and working with different traits associated with behavior on pigs, all through cameras, all through high tech, like you said, a, a lot above the head type stuff. Uh, uh, it's really, really fascinating. So then... Are the, some of the things you're looking at, you know, you're looking at those activity levels of, of some of those animals. What, what were you seeing? Like, were you seeing that those that were more feed efficient were yep. more active, less yep. active? What, what kinds of things were you finding? Yeah, so, so going back to that pilot study, again, if you want to read more about this, it's, it's published on the Animals uh, publication as of recently in the last couple months. And what we found was the difference between the progeny from high intake, high growth, boars versus low intake, low growth boars. Those progeny sired by the high intake, high growth boars were traveled less per day. So I guess one question I would ask you, what do you think an average pig is going to walk in a finisher uh, on a per day basis? What's a 200 pound pig? How far are they going to walk in a finisher? Because this was something that was super surprising to me. Something that you don't think about is how much are they traveling how much are they burning in calories every day leading back to the topic of feed efficiency? So are you thinking something in miles or are you kilometers? In kilometers. Oh, my, or meters. Meters. Me. I mean, my metric system is, is, is <laughs> yeah. sharp. So I, I'll say, I don't know what. There's no wrong answers. A I've mile heard. or so? Yeah. So that that's that's pretty good. Uh, it, it, it's somewhere around a 250-pound pig on average is going to walk around 1,200 meters a day. Okay. If, if you look at the pen size and our stocking density on where we're at in a lot of our commercial slat floor production units today, that is truly fascinating that those animals are getting out and walking a lot. And the amount of time that they are actually allocating 
just standing up and walking is very minuscule towards the 19.3 average so far on the data we've got back. 19.3 hours a day they are spent lying down. So they are doing some serious work in that 4.7 hours a day as far as getting up and being active. And some going back to that, that project, those high intake, high growth pigs uh, spent a lot more time lying per day. They spent less time at the feeder, even though they were more feed efficient uh, in terms of their production traits. We also looked at that. And then they traveled less per day. So going back to feed efficiency, one of those things that we think a lot about on the human side is calorie expenditure and calorie placements. And, and athletes look a lot at that. And I think we uh, can also start to look at that now that we're able to objectively track traits like that uh, using new track. And I think it's really cool. So then as we look at the producer value, mm -hmm. why should a producer care? What are those key things that from this study this is going to make a, a huge difference down the road to, or could make a huge difference to a producer. Yeah. So I, I would say first and foremost, unlike some other uh, uh, probably tech companies or uh, just any sales position, I'm not going to sit here and say that this, this one product is going to change the way that we raise pigs. Cause I don't think that's the way we th should think about any of these novel uh, technologies that we're using. I think this is a tool that we're going to be able to employ on the genetic side, on our nucleus animals, and again, going back to making faster rates of genetic progress in a world where our margins keep getting tighter and tighter. We have to have value back to the producers, and we think uh, some of these technologies uh, from the behavior standpoint are going to be a really good tool for our genetic companies and producers to employ when we see more of these animal welfare constraints and as we learn more about the Prop 12 housing and OPG systems in our sow farms and understanding how these animals are behaving in a group house setting, there's, there's more value on that side that you might not be able to put a direct amount of money or what this can generate to you, but I think it's going to make us holistically a lot better as an industry going forward. So let's look at that future then. What does the future of the research look like? Because, you know, we've kind of, you, you've looked at this, this specific topic. Mm -hmm. Where do you go from here? How do you grow? What, how do you expand upon this? Yeah, and again, and I, I can't express this enough, how fortunate we are to work with a, a lot of great collaborators that allow us to put invasive cameras above their <laughs> pens. And some employees don't love that. Some of them don't mind it. Uh, I'll save that conversation for another day. Well, because but ultimately they are, they're running 24 hours 24 seven, they're up there monitoring the pigs. As soon as a pig gets put in on, on test and we give them the new track ear tag, they're monitored until we move them out of that pen. But the future of this, we, we get to work with a lot of great universities. Uh, K-State we've worked with in the past. We're working with the University of Minnesota on a tail biting studies from a straight up behavior and animal welfare uh, implication. We have cameras above the pens in Lincoln Zoo monitoring how much the cheetahs are moving around. We have cameras now going up at our new uh, beef facility, finishing facility that's under construction right now. So I know we've talked a lot about the feed efficiency specifically on the swine side, but really this AI monitoring technology uh, from just livestock species as a whole, being able to track and monitor behaviors is going to explode. And the cool thing about AI systems, uh, without going too long into it or, or trying to be too much of a salesman here on the new track uh, side of things, is if we can see something, it's a convolution machine learning program. So if we can see something as humans, we can train that system to track it and generate values off it. So really the opportunities are endless as long as we're able to observe it as humans. 
just a kind of a random question related to the technology. Is it difficult to to maintain this equipment? You know, because barns sometimes can yeah. get dusty. But yep. is it difficult to to keep them up to date and current and running properly? Yeah. So w with any novel phenotypes, and I've had the privilege to work with some ESF systems in the past. Anytime we start putting more wires or cables or screens into these hog farms, uh, well, just these high trapped areas yeah, that are it, pressure washed and it. it it's not a perfect system yet. Uh, we've actually been fortunate on our side that the, the security cameras are outdoor cameras, so they're exposed to the elements within there. The biggest hurdle actually is not the dust. It's not the power washing. It's not the mice chewing through the cables. It's the fly manure on mm -hmm. the lenses of the screen, believe it or not. So if we need the excuse of having the cameras in the barn to get rid of all flies, then I'd be so happy for that alone. <laughs> so uh, that really, it's it, it sounds a lot more uh, invasive into our barns than what it truly is. And, and some barns are set up a lot better than others. And the big thing, too, is making sure we have some Wi-Fi as well, which is something that we're all getting better at across rural America. Right, so. right. Adulton, I'm just looking at you. I'm assuming you're around, what, 23, 24, 25 years old? Thank you for that. I'm actually 27. Okay, okay. So, not that far no, off. No, not that yeah. far off. So uh, what, uh, what I'm, I'm getting at is, is you're, you're pretty young and you've done a lot in yeah. regards to your research and your educational background. You're almost completing your PhD. Where do you go from here? So I, I, I've uh, prided myself in, in my mentors. Uh, again, very privileged to, to have such great mentors in my life so far have have really prided myself in becoming a Swiss army knife of all things swine production. So uh, as far as the future opportunity for employment and, and career goes, I'm really keeping an open mind, uh, whether it comes from a technology side of things, the academic side of things, or yes, I am breeding genetics. That's what my degree is going to say. So definitely the genetic interest on a genetic company is there. But I just want to make pigs better. I want to work with your hog producer. I, I've got the opportunity to work in Canada, to Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, all the surrounding states of Nebraska, North Carolina. I love working with the hog people. I love being in hog barns. I want to make the hogs better. And I love the people that we get to come work with us and hopefully be able to uh, tie that, uh, I would say, dynamic together in a better fashion than we probably are doing today. Absolutely. And so... When it comes to that, something from what I'm understanding or what I'm getting from you is is something within the hog industry, yep. but could yeah. be almost anything. Yeah, could be almost <laughs> anything. I, I definitely uh, I definitely know my value when it comes to the slap floor production side of things and the training that I've been able to receive in that regard and, and being able to go out and, and not only understand what's happening on slap floor production and what's happening on the day-to-day -day lives in our commercial farms, but then to come back inside and have uh, consultation meetings with genetic individuals and go through some modeling and go through some techniques on uh, some uh, genetic selection or some genomic selection. And uh, that's why I've uh, really stuck through school and, and really put my nose to the grindstone and uh, tried to uh, soak up as much information as I can behind the screen because I know I'll always have the passion and always have the experience when it comes to the hog uh, side of things. So. Yeah, it sounds like a, a wide-ranging things, uh, but I want to I want to be in charge of a lot of pigs and, and hopefully be able to make them better at the end of the day. 
I think this is my last question. Yep. We'll see. Where did you develop the interest in genetics then? Was that through so, school? Was that through a specific class you yeah, took? Yeah. So I always uh, found genetics really interesting. Always, for some reason, I was never an A-plus student. And for if there's any uh, current undergraduate students or future undergraduate students or just somebody thinking about maybe going and getting an advanced degree, uh, don't let anybody tell you that a 4.0 GPA is going to determine how successful you're going to be not only in your school, but after that. As far as genetics goes, it's just something that I always thought was objective compared to some of the uh, other sectors. I, as a geneticist, know better than to kind of punch around at the repro side, the nutrition side. I, I stay away from those battles because I think it, it really is takes all different segments to, to make a really complete good product for the consumer. But the genetics is just something that I, I, I think is objective in its inheritance, and I, no pun intended there, <laughs> but I think it's something that is really unique, and, and the opportunities for advancement in that area are very vast and, and beyond belief. So, Now, Dalton, from um, what, what you implied, you never had hogs growing up until you were in 4-H yeah. and your friends were yeah. showing pigs, and then yeah. you, you wanted to get pigs. What has kept you so passionate about this industry. So, uh, and I was thinking about that, understanding, uh, listening back some podcasts on I here. I a lot of people yeah. the same questions. Uh, it's really, I, I can thank a lot of different mentors that a uh, hog people that I really liked, uh, uh, scientists or producers alike. Uh, but really having those show pigs and starting to raise some on my own, uh, that, that barn at my family's, uh, acreage, not even a farm, I wouldn't call it. Uh, that barn at my family's acreage uh, really instilled a passion into me that I will never be able to explain in words or on paper. And the love that I have for, for animals, but specifically pigs in general, is something that's not ever going to be tamed. And it all goes back to that show pig barn uh, that I was fortunate enough, again, can't say that enough, to grow up in. So... Today, our guest has been Dalton Obermeyer, a graduate student at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To read the full research paper published on this topic, visit DNA Genetics on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn for the download link. Until next time, I'm Curtis Harms with Inside the Helix. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Helix, presented by DNA Genetics. Inside the Helix is released every other Tuesday and is focused on what matters to the swine industry. To catch up on previous episodes, visit us online at dnaswinegenetics.com or find us at your favorite podcast streaming platforms. You can also keep up with DNA Genetics throughout the year by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For Inside the Helix, I'm Curtis Harms.